What is more important is who are we doing it for? Because the why can change based on your experience, your own education, your own circumstances, and the general research that's available in the society. And you're not chasing the why, you're chasing the submission to who, and you know, and realizing that you are dependent on the one uh, that has created you, and you trust him, and you trust the guidance and direction that he has given you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are bringing to you another very exciting series. And this is called Quranic Transformations. So what we'll be doing here, and it's really important that you understand this, is we'll read a page together, me and Muhammad, and we'll discuss that. How can you benefit from this is two ways. One is look at the gems and the transformational concepts that Quran is teaching us. And B, utilize that to use that in your daily readings. When you read a page a day or half a page a day, use the same questions, the same discussions to have a discussion with yourself or do it in your family or with your friends and you let Quran transform you, let Quran make you live a life of excellence. Another disclaimer, we are not doing tafsir. We are not saying that this is meant by the ayah. We are reflecting on it, doing tadabbur on it, and we'll be doing it in many very specific scenarios. One is, what does this verse tells me about Allah? What is there a promise of Allah in this verse? You know, is Allah giving you a promise? If you do this, I will give you this or I'll do this for you. Are there qualities mentioned in this verse? And then how do I do in terms of those qualities? Does Allah like those qualities or does Allah hate those qualities? And do I apply it? How well do I apply it? How well do I have those habits, you know, ingrained in my daily life? And is there a shift in focus or mindset that I can get from this Quran? When you ask these questions, it's not tafsir. We are not saying this is the only meaning of this verse. It's based on how we are feeling today, what's on what's top of our mind today, and so on and so forth. And when you do that at home, same thing will happen. Depending on what's going on in your life, you will have different interactions, different lessons, different concepts, and different takeaways uh, from that verse. One last thing, another way to think about it is using that verse, how will you give advice or nasiha or uh, tips to some a friend of yours who may be going through some situation? How can you use that? to advise him or her. I think that's another good way of reflecting on Quran. So with that, let's get started. Any comments, Muhammad? Sorry, guys. So I just want to say that I'm really excited about this. And the reason why I'm excited about it because I've realized now that this is actually going to show uh, us how to get maximum benefit of Quran, how to strengthen your relationship with the Quran, how to feel so much like joy and happiness from actually interacting with the Quran and then using it in your mindset, using it in your life. So uh, I think it's a really, really... Uh, powerful idea so i would encourage everyone to like get onto this and start doing this regularly and this is how we're going to actually use the quran to transform our life so i'm really looking forward to it bro great and, and don't forget to share your comments and your thoughts on this because your feedback will be really important for us as we develop more and more content on this series we want to see what you're finding beneficial how you're applying it in your life and perhaps you know what your own reflections on the verses that we are doing so please you know share that and hopefully that will be benefit uh, to the whole group and, uh, and our audience on youtube and other platforms okay so let's get started um i asked Mohammed to pick something random right so we haven't prepared for this right and this is really starting with Al-Araf, something, and this is something that is just a you know raw, unscripted thing, so that it also uh, you know gives you the chance to do the same thing when you are doing your own reading, inshallah. So with that, let's begin. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alif Lam Mim Sad. Kitab 
أنزل إليك فلا يكون في صدرك حرج منه لتنذر به وذكرى للمؤمنين. Okay, brilliant. So, so let's begin. So obviously, towards the the first letters, as uh, you know, most of you may be aware, uh, these are the letters that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has placed uh, or spoken in various places in Quran. Uh, we don't have specific meanings uh, associated with it. However, it's also from the miracles of Quran, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is showing different letters. And you know, some scholars have taken the wisdom out of it that you know it's showing that this book is also made of the same letters that you Arabs speak. So if you are able to you know uh, bring a book that is similar uh, to this book another very important thing here is that you know we are still rewarded for reciting those words even if we don't uh, know what it means right so you still have those as, as Rasulullah said that each harf each letter is 10 so this is like four letters so at least 40 good days or 40 units of rewards so that's beautiful even though there isn't like you know a, a direct meaning that we can take uh, from that okay so that's quite deep you're saying that um, I'm doing something I don't even know what it means but I could get like really good reward from it, inshallah yeah and i think that kind of also goes to the whole thing of like you know the why right i mean and we talk about it in, in dawah and what heavy people come in like okay well you know why should i not eat pork or do hijab or you know not drink alcohol um, and, and i think you know there's this concept between why and the who right what is more important is who are we doing it for right because um the why can change based on your own uh, experience your own education your own circumstances and and the general research that's available in the society and you're not chasing the why you're chasing the submission to who and you know and realizing that you are dependent on the one uh, that has created you and you trust him and you trust the guidance and direction that he has given him given you okay makes sense because, you know, there may be many other wisdoms and benefits behind this. You know, again, I just don't know of it, right? I'm sure if another scholar were to comment on it, they can probably write pages and it probably exists, right? Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, guys, so one of the things that we are doing, as we said, that we're not going into tafsir. However, if you wanted to, there are many good tafsir that are available now, like tafsir al-Saadi is available online or in, in print in English language. Uh, tafsir al-Saadi is also available. I'm using Quran.com, simple website here. And if you ever wanted to go in deep, you can click here. And you can go into Tafsir and then you can actually see a bridge version of Tafsir in Kathir uh, on any of the topics that are of interest uh, to you, inshallah. All right. So going on to the next verse, right? So, so just a basic translation, right? So it's talking about Kitab, the book has been sent down to you so that you should not have any uh, haraj, any sort of uh, anxiety into your heart because of it or from it. And what's the purpose of it is to warn people with it. And it's a reminder for the believers. Okay, so so let's talk about it, right? Um, so so I would say first of all, uh, Muhammad, does does this verse tells you anything about Allah? Like what does what can you take uh, about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, from this verse? Yeah, so for me, like as soon as I, I look at this verse, there's like lots of different elements to it, right? So for me, first of all, uh, it's the whole thing that there is a direct relationship uh, between Allah and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi uh, and the relationship is through the Quran because Allah is saying that, look, he sent this down to you, right? Um, and then it also shows me at, at some level that the Prophet is a human being because it's talking there about anxiety and it's talking about the kind of ways may, maybe the Prophet felt about it, felt about the revelation and felt about how other people felt about him and the revelation. Um, and then from there, like I feel like Allah is just like making him feel better by saying that look there's there's actually a, a very clear purpose here with this quran 
which is that you're there to warn the disbelievers and you're there to give glad tidings and reminders to the believers. So I just feel like this is the beauty of the Quran, that it's, it's such a small verse in that sense, but it has so many different things that are coming out to me uh, about it. Fantastic, right? So I just tried to do like a little bit of pushback here, right? So again, when we want to think about it, like, okay, what what does it tell about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So again, you know, uh, so I think one thing that you mentioned is like, you know, showing that personal relationship and care uh, for Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? And I think just uh, taking that thread further, uh, I think another thing for me is that, look, Allah does not want us to be, you know, uh, unhappy or less productive or, or yes. you know, um, be backwards, right? So anything that we have, is the intention and, and the goal is to actually propel us, to make us stronger, to make us more powerful, more impactful, and so on and so forth. So the whole Sharia, the whole Quran, the purpose is not, oh, so that you can be sad, you can be backward, you don't have a life, and so on and so forth. I think so that, 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 that mindset shift is, I think, really important there. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is really big. So in a way, like uh, like in the ayah, Allah saying that, um, like he's, is he relating uh, the anxiety of the Prophet ﷺ as to the book and everything like that? Uh, okay, so so that's so this is really good, right? I mean, we can talk about that, but I think from our, our perspective of, of what we want to share and encourage the audience is we don't want to comment on that, right? Because that means then you know either we need to look at the tafsir of someone that's talking about the specific instance and what this is talking about, or we want to keep it general so that we don't necessarily have to rely on that. Right. So I would probably we can. Right. So not if we wanted to, what I would probably do is like, you know, again, because having not prepared, I would probably open up the seat and then see what the scholars have said about that. What kind of you know anxiety this is talking about. And one of that could be what you just mentioned about like the whole aspect of Tao. Right. And that responsibility and that burden. And it could have other yeah. things. Well, what uh, I mean is that if you if you look at the ayah, it, it kind of sounds like Allah's comforting the process of them. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but from our perspective, right? So when, if we want to, you know, that, that whole concept of, okay, what does it mean to me today? And how would I advise my friend? Right. Yes. So what we can easily take away is that, look, A, you know, if me, I'm feeling that, you know what, um, Islam is making me less productive, right? I mean, I have to wake up for Fajr and I'm less productive. Or if I'm fasting, yeah. you know, I'm not doing well in my school. Well, that's not what it meant to be. It may feel like it, but in the grand scheme of things, that will make me stronger, that will make me more powerful, and that and you know, it will not take away any risk, any sustenance, any success away from me. Okay, great. Yeah, I get that. Right. And then now if I wanted to take it the other way around, like because sometimes it's hard for you to think about yourself, right? And I say, okay, well, how can I use this to advise my friend? All right, so what what challenges are my friends facing? Right. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? Some people are facing, oh, I have to cover up hijab, right? Maybe I'll not get married, right? Or maybe I won't have a good prospect. Does Allah want that for you? Absolutely not, right? Uh, you know, maybe I won't be successful. I won't be as productive. I won't be as competitive. No, absolutely not, right? And, and we have seen that, right? So we have athletes and boxers and performers who are able to fast and, you know, uh, be able to uh, condition themselves in Ramadan and still excel in their fields, right? As, as an example, right? So so that that will be the thing that, okay, look, it's, it's not meant to, you know, put you down. It's not meant to put you in distress. Mm -hmm. it's, it's meant for your own good. Okay, great. Okay. Another thing about Allah and Quran that comes to me is that, okay, this is from Allah, right? So this is a gift, a guidance that Allah has given me, right? So, mm. you know, if, so for me to, to, to make, to make it more precious, right? This is a book that has been sent down to you. So it's not something you wrote, right? That concept of Allah sending it and Allah choosing these words to reach you and me. And it could have been anything, right? I think that makes it really special and powerful to me. Mm. 
All right. So um, another thing, uh, if I were to ask you, okay, what else has been described about the book or the purpose of the book? How can I benefit? Or if I were to advise my friend, you know, how, how should he, he or she benefit from, from Kitab, from the book? So I think, um, you know, these two words, um, the warning and the reminder, I think, I think they're really, really big, right? Because you can imagine if something serious is happening, you want to be warned about it, right? Like recently I had a fire uh, in my house and, you know, my brother was sleeping in one of the rooms, my parents, they woke up and, you know, if they had just stayed asleep, they would have all been dead now, subhanAllah, right? So, um, Obviously, at that point when it happened, someone's run into my brother's room and warned him that, look, there's a fire. You need to get up. You need to get out of here, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a massive thing because, in a way, Allah is saying that, look, there's a fire waiting for for the disbelievers, right? And so we should definitely be warning ourselves. We should be taking the warning for ourselves, right? Like Allah is saying mm -hmm. there's a warning here for disbelievers. And I guess one of the things I try and do when I approach the Quran I try not to think of all the good ayahs towards me and all the bad ayahs towards the disbelievers in the kafar. Right? Yeah. Um, instead, yes. I try and think, well, what if, what if, what if that's me? The warning for the disbelievers. What if that's actually referring to me? Right? Um, so I think that there's a massive thing here about taking the warning for yourself, and then using that warning for the people that you love, your family, your friends, all these kind of things. And then, like you said, on a on a on a bigger level of the dawah and then i guess the reminder the reminder what would i remind people of or remind myself of it's that look don't worry everything's gonna be okay in the end if you worship allah having that patience having that uh, remembering to be grateful to allah all these kind of things that kind of come to my mind from it fantastic and i think the, the analogy that you gave about the fire and, and that, that situation and alhamdulillah that allah protected your family there because it's the same thing right i mean he was sleeping right your brother for example the same thing right he has to now give up the sleep Right. And then same thing happens for us, for example, at Fajr time or, or, or any other mm -hmm. instance like that. You have yeah. what desire to say, hey, I just want to keep sleeping. But obviously the, the results, you can see it very clearly. Oh, there is fire. Right. Obviously, this is something that is like f further away, which brings to the point of, you know, reminder. Right. So we need that reminder to kind of condition ourselves. Right. You know, like you're into personal development and some people are like, well, why are you just listening and reading books about the same topics over and over again? Right. Yeah. You're yeah. reading it from a different book and what have you, but it's the same topics. Well, you need that. Right. Because. You know, we don't say, oh, I took a shower today and I'm good for it for the next year, right? So you need yeah. that conditioning and, you know, refreshing. And same thing with, with Quran. And, and I think that's something that, you know, highly, highly encourage that, you know, all of us listening, and we should have this habit of actually approaching Quran and reading it and letting it be a reminder. And hopefully this will uh, give you a guidance and training on how to do that, right? So let me uh, take that and remind myself about it and, and on a daily basis and as a consistent habit. Beautiful. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's move on to the next one, inshallah. Okay. So this is now follow what has been sent down to you from your Lord, your Rabb. And do not take others as guardians, as close friends, as allies beside him. How seldom are you mindful? Oh, and this is this is beautiful. I think I think we can just keep talking about it. Okay, so first thing about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do we learn about Allah from this verse? What any names, any attributes that pop out here? Um yeah, I think uh I mean, what do we learn from Allah? I think the, the big point I'm getting from this ayah is that 
uh, we as Muslims, especially because I'm into leadership and stuff, uh, a lot of time when we think about leadership, we think about like you being at the front, you being this and that. But I think that our tradition as Muslims is one of followers, okay? Being a follower, like being a follower of the Prophet ﷺ, being a follower of the Quran and all of this kind of stuff. So from this, I get this massive thing that, you know, being a follower is actually a massive part of Islam. Because in essence, I guess that we kind of completely submit ourselves to Allah. And when you submit, then you're just like following. So straight away, just even from the from the first few words, I'm getting this whole thing that, you know, success is in following. Uh, and obviously this is referring to uh, the Quran and uh, Allah and stuff. Fantastic. Great. So, so, you know, brothers and sisters, so like, what, I think one of the questions we said, like, what quality is this worth talking about, right? So if you want to keep that in mind, so that quality of following and who we are following, right? So mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. And, and we all follow, right? So either we are following our desires, we are following the people mm -hmm. that we admire, the influencers, or whoever we admire, our people, our colleagues, our, you know, boss or CEOs or professors or friends. So something to always think, what am I following? Like my actions, mm -hmm. my habits, what are they based on? Right? Is it, you know, and primarily are they based on right? this book, the Quran, the Sunnah, or is it primarily based on other things? There's nothing wrong with following those other things if it's within the bounds of, you know, the Quran and Sunnah. And, and that's actually very encouraged, right? I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not discourage us from seeking knowledge, right? We have that, uh, you know, right? ask the people of knowledge if you don't know. So that is not to say that, okay, we shouldn't, you know, study modern texts around leadership or how things work today and, you know, uh, apply those principles or habits or, you know, we shouldn't sign up for a Muslim Mastery Confidence course. No, because those things are really, really important that's teaching you those things. However, they should be within the parameters of Quran and Sunnah and not uh, vice versa. Um, however, okay, so going back to my original question about what does it tell me about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what I would like to, you know, really, uh, and, and I know sometimes it can be hard, by saying, okay, can I have statements like Allah is, right? Um, so I, I see two things here. One is Allah is your Lord, our Lord, right? And, and the Arabic word is Rab. And I think um, that, you know, I, I think we kind of do a disservice by using the word Lord. So I want to talk a bit about that. And then the other thing that we see about here, in which I can use a sentence like Allah is our guardian. Allah is our ally. Right. And, and I think these are the two things that I, I see from from this that kind of jump out to me. So let's talk a bit about the word rub, because this is something really, really it comes up all the time. Right. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. We all, most of the duras use the word rub, which is one of the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the scholars have described that it actually consists of three things or it includes three things in it. Uh, one is uh, the creation creator. Right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything. So including this phone right even it's, it's an indirect creation but you know as we talk about it the raw materials the ideas right the innovations the patterns i mean you can't go and buy patterns in walmart right you know this is something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires and many times when you look at research studies and how people you know discover different medicines and drugs sometimes they're doing something and they forget to you know turn something on or something yeah. happens and the next day they yeah. come in and they say boom right so Allah facilitated that idea to exist in human creation. So yes, we appreciate Apple or, you know, Google or Samsung, what have you. But, you know, if you really want to give true attribution, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he's a direct or indirect creator of everything that exists. And that includes ideas. You are looking for ideas and strategies in your business. Who is the creator of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's, you want happiness, you want a spouse, who is going to be the creator of that relationship? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anything and everything that you want or do not want, Allah is the creator of it. 
So that's the, you know, the holic aspect of is included in the word rub. So the next thing is once something is created, what happens, you know, we have a worldly exchange, right? So I, I swipe a card or I put in my credit card information and I, I buy this phone from you, right? Uh, but what happens, this is like a worldly exchange. So I become an owner and you become the owner of my funds. However, the true owner is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing that anything I have belongs to Allah because I didn't have that ability to even swipe my card if Allah has not given me the ability of hands, right? Or to earn the money and so on and so forth. So the true owner of everything is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is really, really powerful, right? Because if you think Allah is the owner and if you lose something, you lose a job, you lose your spouse, there's a divorce, you know, you, know, you, you have like some sort of a, 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 a sickness, right? And you lose even a limb, may Allah protect us. And sometimes, like, oh, it was my limb, you know, and, and you kind of become upset. But if you realize it was Allah's to begin with, and he, maybe he took one away, you still have one and many other things that are still with you. So that level of appreciation and gratitude can come in from that. And lastly, Allah is fully in charge. He is the manager. Uh, he is the one who manages all affairs. Okay. And this is very important because from a worldly perspective, I own this phone or I own the car. I have a wife. Alhamdulillah. However, I'm not, I don't have a full control, right? You know, I can drop this. Someone can steal it. You know, uh, the relationship can break down. I can lose my job. Anything can happen. But it tells you that, look, it will not happen except if Allah wants it to happen. And that makes you fearless. That gives you the confidence that whatever happens is from the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and it just shows how you can go really deep to one word and and this is one of the things that obviously reciting quran is so important um but actually getting like because obviously we talk about words of allah so these are the best greatest words uh, of all in all of creation right so spending even that much time on one word it really does help and it makes a lot of sense to kind of uh, do that so i think it's a really really good word especially because we use it so much in our du'as like you said everyone knows the word rub yeah, and, and I think whenever, so maybe one key action would be like whenever we say that, like actually have those quick things, right? You know, creator, owner, sustainer, and, you know, uh, one who manages all affairs, right? So yeah. if you, and then I think once you do it enough times, and, you know, that's when you see what rub, you realize that, okay, it has all these meanings. Yeah. I'm talking it, also to kind of like, it makes me think that this would actually empower your dua. Because 100%. if I'm, right? I'm like, oh, Allah, like, oh, my rub, give me good in this world. If in a way, Rob is like a name to me when I'm just doing it normally, right? Uh, Rob Bonatti, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, my dad, give me this, right? But when you start thinking, okay, the one that created everything, the one that owns everything, the one that nurtures everything, then you're like, whoa, like, this is who I'm asking for, like, good in this world. So it's like, like I'm at the right place. I'm at the right place to ask Allah for this goodness, you know? 100%. Yeah, and, and I think just to just to add to that, the, the personal connection here. So here Allah says, Rabbukum, right? Uh, your, your Rabb. And I think we, we just start try to keep using the word Rabb and we'll, you know, re-emphasize in uh, upcoming episode as well. You know, owner, creator, and the one who manages all affairs and nurtures, right? Um, however, uh, it says your Rabb. And then when we are praying, we say, Subhana Rabbi al my Rabb. Right, Subhana Rabbi Rabbi My Rabb, and and let's let's try to and and, and because it's kind of connected. Because the second thing here is that don't follow other guardians or other allies, awliya, other than Allah. So that means that Allah is also your ally, right? And He is your guardian. So let's take it that let's have that personal relationship uh, that we can you know look up to.
Yeah. And I guess for me, another thing that's coming in is obviously the whole shirk element, right? Like, if you're going to follow someone, like, imagine, like, you've got two two managers or three managers or four managers, and you're like, okay, I've, I'm going to go and do work now. And one manager goes, yeah, I want you to go outside and just check the garden. And the other one's like, no, no, no. I want you to go upstairs in the attic and grab it. And you're like, oh, my God, where do I go? Right? And anytime you're kind of following more than one, it's going to be problematic, you know? So this whole thing of not like choosing other people as guardians or choosing other people as authorities or, uh, you know, this is a lot of what we see in the world. Uh, and, and this actually is quite deep because if you think about it, this action of choosing others as guardians and, and lords and all these things, this is ultimately that will take us to Jahannam forever. This is the thing that will do it. Like actually following other than Allah uh, in these kind of matters, whether it's people, stones, whatever it is, it's the ultimate uh, loss really. Absolutely, yeah, and and this is like the the falling is like you know uh, you, you can see that that has a common crown many different times. So you know whenever you're reading and it talks about falling, no, notice it, right? So another place it comes like you know on that day of judgment, the ones who followed, they they were followed, and the followers, you know, they will just disassociate, right? And the ones that followed, they say, oh man, I wish I had the chance again, and I will just abandon them. How they're abandoning me today? So I think that that is really really beautiful of the quality of followership. Um, not to make it too long, one last thing. There's another quality that's mentioned here. So we talked about what do we learn about Allah? And we talked about the two things. One was followership, following. And there's another quality here. That's also something that we talk a lot about within Muslim mastery context as well. And that is? Being being mindful. See. Absolutely, right? Just being conscious, being mindful, being aware of what we are doing, why we are doing it. And, and that's Allah saying that, you know, this is something that we are prone to that we are very seldom, you know, uh, aware and, you know, self-conscious and what have you, uh, except obviously who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, helps. So the question then becomes like, how can I be more mindful? How can I be mm. more aware of, of what in my, my day-to-day? Like, and, and I know you probably would have some tips on that, inshallah. Yeah, I think I think this is like any muscle, the gym, where you're going to go and build it. So it might be that at the start, your level of self-consciousness or being aware of Allah or being mindful generally is like very low. And so we need to realize that, first of all, this is something you can definitely develop. We want to have a growth mindset towards it and realize that we can get better at it. And the more we work on it, the better we'll get on it, right? So um, there are like habits, you know, even like, I'll give you a simple thing. Even if you just put an alarm on, right, which basically, you know, you get these uh, apps and alarms where they basically say stand up. After every 50 minutes, like you're at your desk, it'll just say stand up now. And you just stand up so you're not sitting at your desk for five hours in a row. You could do something like that. Or you just download the app and every time it says like do this you just think about allah or you just remember allah right so there's alarms there's things like that that you can do i think also one big thing i would say is like having space because a lot of the time we're kind of like in life fully right and we're just kind of going and going and going and going and, and we don't stop and this is why i feel like salah is such a beautiful amazing thing because it is an interruption and sometimes like, i was working and i would get interrupted by someone saying oh let's go pray and I was like, it's, why is he interrupting? I'm doing important da'wah work, right? In Ahira. But then someone reminded me, he said, bro, like, Salah is meant to be an interruption. Because you want to go away from whatever you're doing and you want to get mindful of Allah. So one of the best ways of being mindful, obviously, is to make sure that you're praying five times a day. Make sure that you're keeping that up as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think as you were talking about uh, about the earlier habits, I think that was kind of coming to my mind that, you know, Salah itself is like really helps you condition that. But like one thing if I were to add, like, let's cherish it. Like, let's not think of it like, okay, this is not conducive. Like, you know, sometimes you're, you're sitting down and I don't know, like you say, oh, I'm going to go get a coffee. You don't feel like, oh, why do I have to get a coffee? You actually <laughs> think that drinking that yeah. coffee will make me more productive. Even yes. though, I mean, you can argue. 
does it or does it not? Like, you know, sometimes like, you know, if, if you were to really think, did, did I feel better? But you have this like maybe placebo effect or maybe there is something happening. However, everybody can relate to that, whether it be a coffee, a tea or whatever it is. So when we see that, okay, let me go and pray and let me use that to actually connect with Allah, refocus, ask Allah for success. And when I come back, I will have more productivity and I'll have better, you know, impact on my results that Allah will elevate my efforts. So I think uh, with that, we can conclude any, any last thoughts or comments there. No, no, I really enjoyed it. And I think it just shows how how much you can connect with the Quran in just a few words. I mean, we just we just covered literally three ayahs. One of them was just a few letters. So uh, it's amazing that if you go deep, it's like the Quran is one of those treasures that will just keep giving to you. It's not like, oh, you read it once and oh, I've read that book. It's OK now. It's like, no, no, you go to every word and you just think about it and you'll get so much value from it. Inshallah. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah, let us know what, what reflections you had. And, you know, if you applied in your daily life, you know, we'd love to hear about your feedback and your experience and how, how it's helping you. Right. So with that, let's wrap it up. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika shalwa la ilaha illa and astaghfiruka wa tubu alaykum. Alaykum